Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. You deserve to love your work, and whether that's academic, private practice, non-clinical, or even entrepreneurial, this podcast will help you get ahead and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And of course, send me your questions so I can use them for a future episode. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This episode first aired as a video on Facebook Live. Hey everybody, in this video, I'm gonna give you 10 tips to take your speaking to the next level and really present like a pro. I'm Marjorie Stiegler, I am a physician, I'm also a social media strategist and uh, from time to time, a paid professional public speaker. So here I'm bringing some tips that are directly from my blog. So today, even though I'm live video with you, what I'm gonna be doing is checking out my blog to be sure that the information I'm giving you mirrors it. So you could pop over to my website if you're interested and prefer to read the content. But this, I think, is just an experiment. I'm going to do sort of double duty and just give a, a impromptu, as you can tell, a presentation to you of what I have written and, and is just published right now on the blog. So presenting like a professional, there are a couple of tips. These are really pretty simple. Don't be blown away. It's not going to be uh, like mind explosion, rocket science, but these are things that a lot of people neglect to pay attention to. And then it can not only really ruin your presentation, well, there's my 20 pound cat on the camera. It can ruin your presentation, but it can also cause you a lot of undue stress, right? A lot of people have stage anxiety, even people who are very seasoned. And so there's really no reason to have anxiety around some of this stuff. So for your best outcome to make it smooth so that all you have to focus on is your message, you know, getting your words right, your storytelling right, here are a handful of things that you can find out in advance. So ask the event planners about these things and uh, get everything all set up. It's like an earthquake in here. Get everything all set up in advance so that you know exactly what to expect. In most cases, you can be accommodated with whatever your preference is. That's the other thing to know. So the first thing is around sound. What kind of microphone are you going to be using? This is really important because if it's going to be, you know, a fixed mic at a podium and then you're going to be stuck behind that podium, then there you are, right? That that already limits you. You know it limits you. Hey, Kathleen, thanks for watching. And you know that you're going to be stuck behind it. So and you also know that you can't turn your head really one way or the other way very much without losing the directionality of the mic. So that's really, really important. Also, you know you're going to be stuck on one side of your audience and it's going to be harder to engage the other side. So that's something just to kind of keep in mind. If you're going to have a lavalier mic, especially if you're a woman, make sure now if you have a dress, you've got to have a belt or you've got to have a jacket or you've got to have some place that the battery pack can go, right? You have to have some place that the pack can go and the lavalier will clip on. Of course, you don't want to have your hair or any jewelry or anything like that kind of swishing all over it. So make sure that if it's going to be a lavalier mic, that you've got the right place to put it. And again, keep in mind, if it's on one side, then when you turn your head that way, you'll no longer have the same quality. It won't be consistent. If you can, I recommend the headset, right? The one that kind of looks like Britney Spears. I recommend that. It's great. It moves with your head. 
You can talk, go wherever you want, but make sure you know which of these you're getting. Probably the event can, can accommodate whatever is your preference, but just keep in mind what it is so that you know logistically if you're stuck in one place, if you can move around the stage, if it matters really what you're wearing so much, um, um, whether or not you really have the best, I think, freedom of movement and freedom of speech, which is the headset. Okay, second is slides. Not everyone uses slides, but if you're using slides, you've got to know a couple things. Number one, how are they going to be advanced? Do you have to use the clicker? If you do, that's okay, but keep in mind that as you're holding it, you know, and just like motioning to the crowd with it, that sometimes that can come off in a way that you don't intend. So if you're holding the clicker, then you can advance it. Make sure you know how it works so that you're not, you know, advancing your slides backwards, getting all tripped up and having to apologize on that. So there's that. Or do you have to stand next to the laptop and click, click, click to the next, next, next slide? Because that, again, really limits your emotion, limits your ability to interact with your audience. And then the worst of all that I can think of is when you have to ask someone, you know, hey, next slide, please. That's that's terrible. But at least you can plan. So if you're going to be stuck in one of these situations that's not your favorite, you can at very least plan around it. Um, the third one is the dynamic pieces of your presentation. So if you're going to be doing any live polling or if your slides use animation or video, or audio clip, if there's anything that needs to stream from the internet, please be sure that not only do you know it will function and you've had a chance to test it, but I really recommend having a backup that does not require animations, builds, live streaming, anything like that. Because if you get to the site and it doesn't work, that doesn't work. And that's not the time to be scrambling. So make sure your presentation does not depend on that. Hey, Jen, Dr. Jen. All right, lighting. What about the lighting of the venue? This is, it's amazing. A lot of people don't even ask about this. You've got to ask. So depending upon whether the lights will be up or down, whether there's windows or whatever, your slide color and the text color, the contrast, it's going to be easier or hard to read. You want to know which of those it is because it's easy to change a template before you get there. It's a lot harder when you get there and you realize nobody can read what you're doing. The other thing is lots of people like to have the lights come up or then come down. Maybe you want them to come down while you play a short video. Then you want them to come back up. Maybe you want them down the whole time. Whatever it is that you want, be sure that somebody can smoothly orchestrate this for you, even if you have to give a cue, you know, lights up or something like that, so that they, it can be orchestrated. Nothing is more disruptive in the middle than trying to ask around, hey, does anyone know how the lights work? So find out what kind of lighting is going to be there, what's the layout, and make sure that what you have or have more than one option is going to be clearly visible in the entire room and that if you need any transitions, those can be optimized. If there's one thing to throw away always, it's the laser pointer. Never, never, never use a laser pointer. There's a couple of reasons for this, but the primary one in my mind is similar to the clicker. You know, now you've got this thing in your hand and you have to fiddle with it. But the other thing is that no matter how cool and confident you are, when your hand is extended, your arm is extended, and you're pointing over towards some nebulous area in your slide, there's a tremor there. It's there for everybody. And so now you've got this little dot just sort of having a seizure all around the slide, and it makes it hard for the audience to watch it, but it also makes you look nervous, even if you aren't. So just forget the laser pointer. It, you can articulate, you can verbalize what it is that you want people to do, or you can use some kind of animation on the slide, there is no reason for the laser pointer. Please, please ditch that thing. You will be so much more smooth without the laser pointer. Okay, moving on the stage. This is really critical as well. So you want to take a good look at the stage and define the ideal zones. So again, assuming you can move, if you're not going to have a fixed microphone behind a podium or you're not going to be a video, you know, videotaped or uh, recorded, live streamed, if you have the freedom to move, which is good, you want to figure out where the safe zones are on the stage. What I mean by safe zones, 
All sage has lighting. You want to be sure that you are not stepping out of the lighting or even worse, partially out of the lighting so that there's like a shadow across your face or your body. You want to be sure that you're not standing between the projector and the screen because then, of course, the slides are partially on you. You may be partially blinded. Your audience can't see some portion of the slides. That's really important. And also, those things totally ruin pictures. So if you're trying to get good videotape of yourself presenting or you're trying to get good professional photographs of yourself on stage, make sure you are in the space where the stage lighting is and that you're not impeding you know, the, the audience's view of you or your slides and that there aren't other things maybe on the stage or in the room that are sort of in the way. Figure out where all that is, map it out on the stage, and then just know where your zones are. Don't go forward and don't go back know exactly where you want to be. It really only takes a few minutes, but you've got to do it beforehand. And it's uh, really, really critical for any video, any photography that goes on. And also it's an eyesore for the audience watching it live. All right, FaceTime. I kind of am doing it right now, but nothing breaks connection with the audience more than when you turn your back to look at or motion to your slides. So I know it's it's common, you've got all this stuff on your slides and so then you go like this, right? And you talk to the slides kind of over your shoulder and now you're not talking to the audience anymore. You do not have to do that. There are a lot of techniques that you can learn where you can unpack verbally the slide that's behind you that you can't see. Now maybe you have a confidence monitor in front of you, which is super, that's the thing to find out when you're talking about slides back on maybe bullet point two if you're going to have a confidence monitor or not, whether or not you can use presenter view or not. So that's really important. But regardless of whether you can see what's coming, that will tell you kind of the degree to which you need to rehearse because you need to know what's coming and you need to be able to unpack it and speak to it without turning around to look at it because suddenly now you're not looking at the audience anymore. Eye contact is broken and engagement just plummets. It goes way, way, way down. Um, keep it simple. You have seen this done before and it makes everybody just cringe. Speaker puts up a slide and then they say, I know the slide's too busy and you can't read it or it's too small, you can't make it out. Don't put that slide up. For uh, Why? Don't put that slide up. You've been in the audience and you know you've hated it and you've probably done it yourself. I'm sure I've done it at some point in my career. Do not put that slide up. There is no reason that you need to display that data. If it's truly that complicated and that small, don't use that figure. There's no reason you need to put that data on the slide in order for you to be able to speak to the data. So simply just, you know, if there's um, perhaps a percent change between this and that that you want to emphasize, maybe just write just that number on the middle of a otherwise blank slide and then tell the story about the data. You don't need to use the too busy, too ugly, too small figure. Please, please, please don't do that. That's the worst. Um, timing. This is really important for people who go on the road, right? You go, thank you, Jen. I'm glad you like it. When you're going on the road and you're speaking a lot, I am, you probably are, you're using material that you've used before, right? Not everything is completely brand new. But each venue is new, each audience is new, and each uh, event planner who hires you has hired you to do something unique and tailored to their audience. So make sure you do a couple basic things. I mean, some of this, you're probably gonna roll your eyes, of course you do this, right? Make sure you've refreshed your cover slide. Do not put up some slide deck that is clearly from a different purpose because there's a different title or a different um, date or something like that, Hannah, that's so embarrassing. Don't do that, it'll really, really be disrespectful and unprofessional to the event planner. Even if you are sort of repurposing or recycling some of the information that you're using on a regular basis, make sure that you know how long you have in this venue and that the amount of content you intend to cover fits in that time frame. If you're not sure, and especially if you have interactive portions, make sure you have two 
natural ending points so that if you get up to your time, you can end early. If you have plenty of time, you can go longer. It's always better to end early and then engage in question and answer than it is to run out of time. But the worst is when you're running short on time and then you say, oh, I'm going to skip this slide. I'll skip this slide. I'll skip this slide. It makes you look totally unprepared. You should know how long it will take you to deliver your content. It should be tailored to the audience and to the venue and to the time slot that you have. And you should build in an opportunity for yourself where if you need to cut short for some reason or you've gone long for some reason, you can naturally wrap up at that point. So that is a pro tip. Make sure you have two natural ending points. And then the final one is you've got to finish strong. So everybody talks about how important it is that in that first moment, you've got to hook the audience, you've got to get their attention, get their interest, have them view you as a credible source of information, have them want to watch. Yes. And then the same at the end. You cannot just sort of peter off, hey, Phil, you can't just peter off and, and, you know, end on some data slide and say, that's all I have. You know, does anyone have any questions? That That is just like ending on a way, way Debbie Downer note. What you what, what are you doing on the stage? The important thing to remember about being on stage is it's not about you, right? It's about the audience. Someone has hired you to get up there and spend some time giving something to the audience so that they can go forth and do something differently, right? They can think about something differently or they have a new skill set or they're going to go out and sort of conquer the world in a brand new, better way. This has got nothing to do with you. So people stand up on the stage as the paid speaker and me, 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 and I, 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 and then I'm all done. I don't have anything left. Do you have any questions for me? And that is not the way to end. Make sure that you're ending in some way where you have given a tangible ROI to your audience so they can go forth, deploy what they have learned, and do something better, right? Because they have invested in watching you for however long you've been delivering your content, and they are the hero of this story. It's not about you. So make sure you arm them with something they can go do something exciting with and pay as much attention to your ending as to your beginning. And of course, as to the middle. So if you want more tips on this, you can come by the blog. There's much more information there, and I will always be putting out information here on uh, my Facebook page, uh, as well as of the upcoming course, The Speaking Prescription. So if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, But by all means, use these 10 tips to really, really connect next time and elevate your game. You already are an expert in your content. You know what you want to say. Now just make it go super, super smooth, and you're going to come across in a much, much more professional polished way. And that, of course, is going to help you in your career and help you to earn more money as a professional speaker and to connect with the audience, communicate better, and just go forth and conquer the stage. Thanks, guys, for watching. Take care. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Please be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today. And be sure to send me your questions so that I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now.